about your and my likes and dislikes. Are they limiting life's possibilities? And I'm going to bring this around to actually being relevant to like my overall message, I guess. The end of the world as we know it. Skills 101. Likes and dislikes. Limiting life's possibilities. So, listener, do your likes and dislikes keep you stuck in patterns and cycles that keep you from manifesting your best life? I'm intentionally (laughs) amusing language that I don't naturally use, and it makes me kind of (laughs) cringe. So this is a case in point, I guess, right? But no, this is something that I recently explored a little bit more deeply. So I guess you could call it a lesson. And I was helped to do this by a teaching from a Swami that I listen to a lot. He's really great. And he is currently teaching the Upadesha Sahasri text, scripture. And just a few sentences, he was talking about this one uh, scripture or, you know, yeah, scripture. Just listening to just a few sentences, it helped clear up some of my own, like, leftover religious warping around this, and also the New Age marketplace warping of this spiritual wisdom. And so listening to this lesson in, or on the Sanskrit original scripture, the original text, I felt like this little weight lift off of me. I didn't even really know it had been there. And another rule that had always sort of irritated me a little, like, you don't know it until it's gone, but like a piece of sand stuck somewhere uncomfy. And then you don't know until it's it's cleared out that you were like, oh, that was bugging me. So here's what basically the original Sanskrit said about this spiritual wisdom, about likes and dislikes, keeping individuals stuck in karmic patterns and cycles. Your likes and dislikes become compulsions and aversions. So a lesser form into a more powerful form. But liking and disliking, meaning having things you are naturally drawn to or that you naturally just avoid, or maybe not intentionally avoid, but you're just not interested, right? Likes and dislikes is normal human life in a human body. You're always going to have likes and dislikes. It is not sinful or a failure at spiritual evolution. It's always going to be a part of your human life and it's fine. It's fine. The issue of patterns that keep you stuck, meaning you just swirl around in a cycle that never seems to have a light at the end of the tunnel. 
I'm not talking about, and this is how it got, this concept got kind of warped for me. I'm not talking about achieving a goal or manifesting or getting something or experiencing something or winning something. This is just the original teaching is just all about being trapped in misery. That's all Sanskrit scriptures talk about in Vedanta and in other non-dualistic traditions. That's all they're talking about is, is being trapped in suffering. They're not talking about manifesting and winning at life. It's just about a path to freedom from suffering. It's not about winning at your desires. Okay, so let's clear that up. But this is important still. It's important. It's about when your likes and dislikes become powerful controllers of your inner state of being and then show up as your identity. A compulsive addiction or driving need or want or a powerful aversion to something that you absolutely abhor. And when those compulsions and aversions control us, we're miserable. And as a result, we make others miserable. Yeah? Okay. Pretty basic. Pretty simple. The whole thing of becoming more neutral or equanimous about life in general just means letting go or loosening your grip on compulsions so that they no longer control your path. This doesn't mean that all of a sudden, let me just use an example about monster truck rallies, okay? Because I have this whole thing with monster truck shows ever since I was little. None of this means that all of a sudden I'm buying tickets to a monster truck show because suddenly I'm so in love with all of life as an enlightened or healed being that I have suddenly become a fan of stuff I've never liked. I'm still not going to like or feel naturally drawn to monster truck shows as an enlightened being. This is what this is what it's saying. Just these ridiculous extremes and binaries that we consume in in spiritual marketplaces and religious marketplaces. I think you get it. We all get it. Here's where, from for me on my path, where ancestral guidance enters. Using this example of monster truck shows. If I really hated monster truck shows and the people who attend monster truck shows, and I walk around in life just absolutely convinced that monster truck shows are the devil, it's tough to be guided to next steps in life. Talking about ancestral guidance here. It's tough to be guided because it's possible just totally theoretically that the fairground where they hold monster truck shows is a place I might need to be guided to for something in my life to unfold and develop into something else that's aligned for me. I'm probably never in my life going to go online and book a ticket to that fairground for anything. I'm just naturally not interested. But if something organically 
on my path arose, organically unfolded via my guidance and alignment within, where I was shown a person or place at those fairgrounds. And if I'm still so attached to my revulsion of that place, then blocks are going to happen and I cannot be guided. Here's another example that I'm actually more emotionally invested in because I've had this experience multiple times in the past. I don't like dating apps. In fact, I am powerfully compulsed to avoid (laughs) and hate dating apps because they were always a buzzsaw to my soul. Absolute carnage to my sense of inner peace and alignment with my path. Like bloody carnage. If a coach, just theoretically, I'm drawing on past experience, like years ago and little bits here and there. Anyway, let's say a coach or a healer, someone in a position of helping me. They come along and they say, hey, you know, your aversion to dating apps is a problem for your growth. You should download an app and challenge yourself to try again. That's horseshit. No offense to horses. I know enough now through my own direct experience to shift that though. I can shift that. I can look and see the teeny tiny nugget of truth embedded in that. It got warped, but there's still a nugget of truth in there. If I'm actually genuinely guided on my path, actually being guided as a natural organic unfolding where I'm shown a dating app, like through a dream, for example, and through that, I've clarified it. My ancestors are asking me to check it out. That is vastly different. It's a vastly different thing because I have a relationship with my inner guidance, which is built on trust. I can trust or at least begin to trust that my guidance is clear. And there's a good reason for going on a dating app that I might not see clearly yet, but I'll continue and trust that I'll continue to be guided. And my job is to not make cemented judgments about what will or won't happen by going on that dating app. And by the way, it might have nothing to do with actually dating anyone. There are endless possibilities, endless possibilities. It may be like a situation where I'm messaging with someone who is, turns out, is writing an article about traditional healing, and I'm a good person for them to interview. By the way, this hasn't happened. I haven't been guided recently or at any point to return to dating apps, but it's a really good example because it's come up in my mind plenty of times where I was like... I've had these horrific experiences and where would I be if my ancestors, and I'm speaking from personal experience, like sometimes the challenges come where I'm asked or guided to do something that 
I have kind of a bit of a history with, but I'm ready for it. And I have the tools. It doesn't mean it's still not challenging or uncomfortable, but I'm ready for it. That's another point that's so important. I'm actually organically ready for it. It just unfolds like a petal on a flower. I don't force the petal. I don't rip it open. I'm going to go a little bit further with this and take this spiritual wisdom and put it in our current context of collapse. So likes, dislikes, becoming or evolving into aversions and compulsions within this current context of collapse. How is it relevant? That you're not in a bubble, in a cave, in the Himalayas. You're here in our current context. So extremes of hating and extremes of wanting Historically speaking, and from what we can see, just the last, I don't know, decades or whatever, it's going to show up more and more. It's a thing. But in crazy times, knowing what you align with or don't align with is just good grown-up skills. It's just good grown-up behavior. Here's another example, and this one's tough, I guess, and I'm not going to say perfect things, Um, but I think it's a good example for our current context, here in the U.S. anyway. I can really only speak for the U.S. and my own experiences with living here. I will never agree with or like or approve of racism. And I don't align with alt-right movements. However, a seething hatred that I maintain and nurture on a regular basis towards those things is yet more baggage that I carry on a path where really no baggage can accompany me. I can't be carrying anything. And here's why. In the moment, this is purely theoretical, and so that that makes this kind of um, it makes it, it's not genuine, but just purely in theory. I might be guided in the moment by intuition, by my ancestors, by a synchronicity, whatever, an event, to engage with a person who has adopted some alt-right ideals. And I'm just continuing on this example. I will never like and agree with those ideals. I'm just not going to. I mean, if I did, I'd be (laughs) like seriously concerned about my values, I guess. Um, And that's fine. I don't, I don't know where we got this idea that to be spiritually evolved, we have to like and agree with everything. Like this bizarre concept of oneness and neutrality or equanimity I don't know how we get to these extremes they're absurd but it's like the the, the the little piece of sand buries in there and we may not even know that it's there and bugging us so I'm just bringing it up into the light I guess I'm never gonna like or agree with those ideals 
But, and at the same time, being able to talk to someone without my nervous system demolishing my ability for a grounded interaction is going to be a real problem for me. There's important nuance here, though, as well. Engaging with a violent person, for example, who adheres to violent rhetoric isn't safe, especially for some people more so. And feeling aversion to that stuff is probably a good nervous system indicator, at least for myself, I can speak for myself. It's a good, it's a good red flag that says to stay away. Bypassing that within an increasingly unstable world is ridiculous. And it's really important to speak here about how letting go of aversions or compulsions is a process that naturally unfolds, not a task to accomplish on a to-do list of personal growth or spiritual development. If someone isn't there, then they aren't there. If they're not ready, they're not ready. And this is why I talk so much about an authentic path that unfolds. You don't have a mapped out syllabus of tasks you accomplish when you begin any kind of spiritual path. If you organically reach places within yourself of letting go of a deep hatred or a deep need for something, then that's the path of unfolding. I think though, and again, I'll say, I'm not exploring all the possible nuances here and the importance of different individual contexts. It would be impossible and it would take, I don't know, an entire like book or dissertation. But I'm gonna, I think, wrap it up here on this note as a very general tool, very general tool that is context dependent and situation dependent. But as a very general tool of awareness for people on a spiritual path during these times of collapse, specifically this context of life that we're all in. Don't ignore your likes and dislikes in attempt and in an attempt. This the key word is attempt or drive or motivation or goal to evolve and develop either personally or spiritually or both. There's no sin or failure in having likes and dislikes. But looking at which of those likes and dislikes are actually compulsions or aversions is worthwhile. It really, it can be if you're ready for it. And seeing if you're ready to loosen up around them in ways that make common sense is part of the challenges and being challenged on a spiritual path, which is really just a life path. It's not separate from anything or anyone else. And all of this unfolding within a, a process, a life way, a way of life of being guided within so that you're more flexible and adaptable should you be guided to something that previously you never really considered because it was never on your radar. 
and you thought it might be kind of lame. And I can, I can speak from personal experience for that. It does happen. It really does. So I think I'm going to wrap up for now. I think I covered everything. I hope this helps someone. It's really helped me a lot to have this little piece of sand that I didn't realize was really bugging me come up to be looked at really clearly in the light and so then you know I guess it lost its power or something okay thanks for listening I hope you're well